Okay, today's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. And I think you'll find it on page 990 of the Church Bibles and 1587 of the Large Print Bibles. The Parable of the Wedding Banquet. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, ill-treated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite the banquet to anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Good evening. Lovely to see you all. Are we all all right? Good. It's nice to be here this evening. Who watched the England match? That was a bit weird, wasn't it? If you're a rugby fan, it was a, it was a strange game. Italy did some ambush tactics and didn't really play rugby, dare I say it. But England just about won. Well, they did one, so that was good. So um, here we are. It's Vision Sunday. And I want to start by just, what's, what's the best meal you've ever had? Turn to the person next to you. What's the best meal you've ever had? I've asked you that question because tonight I want to think about this story Jesus tells. Uh, they're called parables. And it's about a banquet. And I was thinking about the best meal I've ever had. When we were living in New Zealand a few years ago, some friends of Bex and I said, we'd love to take you out for dinner. We thought that's very kind. So um, they said, me to set this restaurant. It's our favorite restaurant. It's on us. And so I thought, gosh, that's incredibly generous. We pitched up, and it was just quite a smart restaurant. You know, when you think, mm, yikes. And it was really, really smart. And I looked at the menu, and uh, it said degustation menu. 
And uh, I'm sort of thinking, I don't even know what that is. Does anyone know what that is? I didn't know what that that was. I thought that sounds like a disgusting menu. How disappointing. Uh, I looked at the menu, and it said a degustation menu is a careful, appreciative, tasting of various foods, normally focusing on the senses, high-calorie art and good company, a wonderful journey from beginning to end. And so this deal was that you had nine courses, would you believe, of different types of food. And there was wine uh, and drink sort of to go with each course. And so we had melon, we had cured salmon, we had free-range pork belly, we had beef, we had uh, lamb, we had venison, we had um, all sorts of stuff, you know, caramelized something or other. And it was just this amazing, amazing banquet. It was this extraordinary experience. And we sat, it was such a memorable evening. I've never, ever forgotten it. Now, I'm telling you that because actually it's clear from this story that Jesus, in telling this story, uh, is just saying to his listeners, guys, don't forget that actually God has invited you to an amazing banquet. It's like this full-on meal. It's a feast. It's an essential, amazing banquet. thing that God is inviting you to. Verses 1 to 3. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who'd been invited to the banquet to tell them uh, to come. Jesus uh, uses this image of an amazing meal, a banquet, to describe what it's like coming into relationship with God. Uh, What's God like? What's the kingdom like? It's just like this wedding banquet, this phenomenal, amazing meal. And Jesus seemed to like this uh, picture of feasting. And you see that in the New Testament, like, for example, in Mark 2, he compared his ministry to a wedding feast and himself to the bridegroom. And he clearly liked this banquet image to try and communicate what God was like uh, because he he told this sort of similar version to this story. It's recorded in Luke 14. And again, it's about this amazing banquet. And it's there right uh, to the end of the Bible. In the book of Revelation, it says this in Revelation 19. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So... Jesus is saying and telling these stories, look, God is amazing. It's a banquet. Uh, It's this phenomenal thing you're being invited to. And that's so uh, shocking in a way because I don't know. I often speak to people who who aren't in relationship with God. They kind of think God's out to get them. God's going to be down on them. He's disappointed with them. He's going to ruin their life. Uh, And uh, he's just going to uh, he's, he's completely sort of straight and serious and sour and Christians and the church, it's all like this. Actually, uh, this story says, no, 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 no. You're invited to a feast. That's what you're invited to, Jesus says, when uh, you respond to him. And Jesus didn't sort of come up with this. It's all there in the Old Testament too, this imagery of an amazing meal. And you'll see this uh, especially uh, in Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied obviously, Uh, and in his prophecies, he spoke of this meal uh, and this uh, picture of God's feast for people. Salvation in, uh, according to him, is described as a feast of rich food for all peoples, Isaiah 25. And then you'll know this bit from Isaiah 55. Uh, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, you have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money and without 
cost. And the reality of the Christian life is it's a feast. It's a, it's a relational, um, experiential invitation. And so the psalmist writes in Psalm 34, come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. We taste, we see that God is good. Uh, and so we're caught up with God. This is an incredible picture, if you like, of who God is. And basically, God, you see, wants to um, be with you. He wants to relate with you. He wants to sit down with you. He wants to eat with you and actually nourish you, is the point of this picture. It's a hospitable God we worship. He wants to nourish us and feed us. So it's an extraordinary picture. And uh, on this Vision Sunday, I just want to remind us, for the benefit of people new to the church, that actually, at the heart of our vision uh, is to invite people to the banquet. We want to love God, love people, make a difference, and invite people to God's banquet. This God who's extraordinary, this God who's revealed himself to us. And, you know, this is an amazing, amazing privilege and opportunity we have to uh, not just come to the banquet, but invite others uh, to the banquet. So we've talked in terms of all sorts of things uh, over the years, in terms of that's our vision, love God, love people, make a difference. But what we're trying to do here uh, as we uh, extend invitation to other people is be a big family here. And uh, it's like a big family that we're seeking to um, create here. And it's a multi-generational family because when people come, when people come to the banquet, we want them uh, to experience um, the goodness of God. And we're not an institution. We're not an organization. Actually, we're a family. That's what uh, uh, God uh, would say to us. And if we're to invite people to the banquet, if we're to experience the banquet, if we're to extend these invitations, we've talked in terms, haven't we, of knowing what our heartbeat is. What, what it is that God's calling us to, the gifts, our passions, as he sends us out to proclaim the banquet, to build the kingdom. And we've done all sorts of different things over the year. This, this year we've had the one uh, initiative, which is we've been trying actually to see if we can pray for people to come to faith and invite one person to faith this year. And uh, we've done all sorts of things to try and take this uh, invitation to the banquet seriously. And it's so exciting to see what God's been doing. I was at this wedding yesterday. I was marrying the people. I mean, I didn't marry them. I, I was doing the service. That would be weird. And um, basically, I was at the back of the church over there. And um, a guy came over after the service. I just had a cup of tea. And... Um, he came over and said, oh, Mike, it's nice to see you. I said, that's nice. And he said, you know, this church is amazing. I said, I know it's amazing. He said, the people are incredible here. He said, just the, the welcome I've received in this church. He said, I did the Alpha course, the last one, I think. And he said, you know, um, uh, I've heard all about uh, Christianity. And I actually came to faith. And, you know, um, on, the, on the Alpha Day, someone came up to me. He said, I found it a bit strange, but they said uh, uh, God uh, was going to lead me uh, out of a difficult place into a real whole new season of life. And they said all sorts of stuff, uh, which, which, which was true. It just described me. And he said, you'll never guess what. I said, what? He said, it's happened. God's done it. I've come to faith, and I, I'm just in a totally different place in my life. You see, he's come to the banquet. 
He's come to the banquet. He's experiencing the nourishment of God. And uh, I was speaking on Alpha the other night, and uh, I met a guy. I thought, you look like this other guy. It was his dad. He's invited his dad to, to this next course. It's what happens, isn't it? When we, uh, have you ever told anyone about a brilliant restaurant? Oh, it's just open in Guildford. It's really cheap, brilliant food. Go there. Just go there. It's fantastic. This is the sense of uh, what happens when we get caught up uh, in the things of God. And uh, I picked this sort of banquet theme tonight because, as Bex has said, we had Love Guildford for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday last week. Uh, who was involved in Love Guildford? Lots of you. That's most of you. More on this side than that side. I don't, I don't mean to give you a hard time, people on the left, at all. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, basically... This was three days of trying to put on various events and reach out into the community. And, um, you know, it's a phenomenal time. And it was built around hospitality and food. So um, we did homeless bre- breakfasts. This is amazing team effort. 180 people pulled this off uh, three days ago. So it was an amazing effort. We did homeless breakfasts. And, um, you know, I want to thank Julia and all her team. You're probably out there. I can see people are on that team. You did an amazing job uh, just making bacon sandwiches and stuff for some of the men and women on the streets. And one of them grabbed me. Uh, I can't remember which day it was. Towards uh, Maybe it was the Saturday morning or something in, in that corner. He said, you know, Mike, this has been the best weekend I've had for ages. He said, for us streeters, there's just nothing on uh, at the weekends. We get some support during the week. But... It's been so, so good just to be able to come in here. And he said, you know, it's like a family in here, isn't it? I thought, wow, that's encouraging. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do here. It's like a family. And uh, I was waiting for the bride outside uh, yesterday at about 1 o'clock, about 10 or 15 uh, of the homeless crew walked past. Like, hey, Mike, you got a wedding. I hope it goes well. I was going, all right, guys, I'm sure it will be. It's a just fantastic um, uh, event that was. Lots of you uh, donated lots of clothes to give away. Often these guys don't have huge amounts of money. And um, I took Nigel from Guildford Action, who uh, was overseeing some of uh, what we were doing. And he works in a community center by Waitrose uh, and works with the homeless crew. And I said, look, Nigel, what's the best way of giving out these clothes? And he said, can I just see the clothes? And so I took him up to the room where Janice and her team had put everything. And uh, he just went silent when he walked in. And I I said, are you all right? He said, yeah. He said, this is amazing, all this stuff you've got here. He said, the thing is, it's really good quality. These shoes are brilliant. The the, the warm jackets, the the, the stuff you've given is absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, this is something uh, to celebrate. And so a lot of the guys, most of the clothes, they've all gone, actually. uh, And... uh, you know, that's an amazing uh, opportunity and an amazing thing that that team did. I'm trying to just celebrate and uh, uh, tell you some of the stories from the thing. So um, I want to thank Louise um, and Gemma for the food. Should we start giving people a round of applause? Come on, let's do it.
Louise did an amazing job with a whole team of people uh, putting on lovely lunches and uh, amazing soup and bread and stuff like that. And again, the, the guys were amazed by that. People coming in. We had all sorts of people coming in. A lot of people came from the, the baby and toddlers group on a Thursday. We get about 60 or 70 unchurched people who who come there, they, they came, and actually what was cool is they bought often their other halves who'd never been in church before, and uh, lots of them aren't people of faith, but they said, gosh, this is great, this church is brilliant, people are so friendly here, and we've made a whole load of uh, new friends there, and people uh, are coming new to the church. Now, Jennifer, she organized the police teas. We took, who baked a cake? There's about, there's about 30, 50 cakes uh, for the police, and it was just amazing. We took uh, all that sort of stuff over, and Judy helped organize that too. Judy's there. And, um, you know, they were gobsmacked uh, by just the generosity of that. I, I, I was in uh, with Hannah. She works at the police station. And there were about 30 or 40 officers, and they came over and said, what's all this? I said, wow, where do all these cakes come from? Oh, from the church over there. Do you know the church? It's like, oh, that thing over there. Yes, yes, that's us. And uh, they said, well, you know, what's the catch? What's the catch? I said, what do you mean, what's the catch? They said, well, um, you know, is it, what, we can just take this stuff. I said, yeah, of course you can. It's just a gift. And we'd written a card. Jennifer had written the card that just said, we really appreciate who you are. We thank you for your work in the community. And uh, we really value what you do. And um, they were really struck by that. And they said, do we have to donate to the church? You know, do we have to give you money to the church for this stuff? I said, yes, checks payable to Mike Norris. But don't, don't tell anyone that. I didn't really say that. But um, actually, they were really, really blown away. And they, they've, um, they've sent a card through. And, um, you know, they've all signed it. Lots of comments. Uh, Love the carrot cake. <laughs> Thank you very much for your encouragement. They don't get any encouragement, the police. I don't know whether you noticed, but actually... The only profile or stuff they get is when things go wrong. And uh, no one just says, hey, you, you do an amazing job. And they were really, really struck uh, by that encouragement. Now, one of them said to me, you know, people forget, you know, we're just normal people. Uh, we, you know, we've got kids, we've got school runs, we've got pressures of life. They sort of think we're subhuman or something. And, uh, you know, we've got all sorts of challenges going on. And then we go into very, very challenging situations. So they were really, really um, thankful for that. Beeson Project, I think Sue was here earlier. She organized a team that dug up uh, and did some gardening for a single month. Should we give Sue uh, a round of applause? And I know you had a number of people on your team um, as well, David, Thompson, all sorts of people like that. Uh, apparently shifted all sorts of stuff. And um, the woman uh, you did a project for, the Beeson didn't even know this, apparently, uh, put, uh, suggested we go to uh, a woman who lives next door to Sue. Um, so that's an ongoing relationship, which is absolutely fantastic. Touch tennis, who, what was cool uh, was that then we cleared this space. I mean, it was exhausting, sort of morphing this thing uh, into various different things. Uh, this became a tennis court in here for touch tennis. Did anyone do the touch tennis? Um, Al, who comes to the um, morning service, actually, basically, um, he... Um, Organize that. That was brilliant because it was really multi-generational. We had four-year-olds playing with 50-year-olds. It was absolutely fantastic, and it was so much fun. And uh, what was brilliant about that is that lots of um, 
guests came and thought, wow, that's brilliant. You're playing tennis in the church. Absolutely fantastic. On that front, we did laser tag in here. We then morphed from a, a, a tennis court back into a cafe for the morning, then back into. This became a laser tag zone. And uh, all the sort of children were doing all that, and uh, they had all sorts of stuff to hide behind in here. It's absolutely amazing. And Steve, I don't know whether Steve's here, he ran a burger shack with a team, a very good team of people, anyone on that team, and uh, they did these amazing burgers. And there were about probably 60, 70 parents who came along while the children were in here. They sat upstairs and had some burgers and stuff. And again, most of them would never come to the church at all if you said, do you want to come on a Sunday? And they were all sort of struck, oh, wow, it's like, gosh, this is a church. I haven't been in a church before. Wow, this is nice in here, isn't it? And there was a school, uh, a group of parents from one of uh, our boys' schools, and we sort of got talking to them. They were blown away by just the generosity uh, of uh, the evening and what people had done. We did a whole load of children's activities. I don't know whether Chris and Scylla are there, but they were playing with a Syrian family, Ecuadorian family, the Norris boys, that they'd set up this big competition with a few other people uh, during the cafe. They were amazing. And we also uh, had this prayer space that Deborah and another team organized here. And that was, I think, really, really significant to the whole thing because prayer, uh, the whole thing was covered in prayer. There's a great group of people who pray. And uh, actually, what, one of the things that struck me about the, the, the few days is just the atmosphere. There's a real sense of the presence of God. Uh, all sorts of people together who had never met one another before from all different walks of life. And uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. So can we just give everyone a big round of applause? And uh, that was a great team effort. I do also want to just mention the staff team were brilliant. Pete sort of organized, uh, oversaw the thing. He was fantastic. Andy Bagwell especially too, uh, did a lot of the logistics. So um, thank you to those guys too. So what we're gonna do is we are gonna do more of these sorts of events. We actually uh, really listened to some of the community. We heard what they were uh, wanting, what would help them. We didn't uh, just presume that. And so we're following up on some of these things this week and in the next weeks and months ahead. So the first thing I'm taking from this story, if you like, of Jesus is that God invites us to a banquet. It's a feast and uh, it's not just one meal but we feast uh, with God as we follow him. And, uh, you know, I hope you haven't forgotten the feast to which you've been invited. I hope you're not thinking your God has given you some stale peanuts uh, at this time in your spiritual life or there's nothing, you open the fridge or there's nothing there. Actually, God has given us a feast. The second thing I want to take from this story Jesus tells is, and I like the realism of Jesus, is that lots of people he invites, God invites to the banquet, just don't want to come. They're not interested. Uh, verse 3. He sent his servants to those who'd been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. So we've got to get the logistics. In that time, there were no watches. You didn't have your iPhone on you. Uh, there was no sort of stuff on the wall or a town clock. Um, what would happen if you were going to have people around for dinner? You'd send your servants out and you'd invite them. And then people would say, yes, I'm coming. 
uh, so you could gauge numbers, and then you could cook the food, and then that might take a few hours, and then when the food was ready, you'd send your servants out a second time, and then they'd just tell everyone who said they were coming, uh, actually, yes, uh, we're coming, and uh, food's ready, so come and eat. Now, actually, what's fascinating about this story is that the people aren't interested. Many refuse to come. And if you think about this, if you think about the details of the story, uh, this is a king inviting people to a wedding banquet. So this is like a royal wedding, effectively. And uh, it's inconceivable, Jesus is saying, that people wouldn't want to come. I mean, it's crazy. If you were invited to William and Kate's wedding back in 2011, would you say, oh, no, I can't be bothered? No. I'm sure, uh, you know, you'd be there, you'd be itching to be there. And uh, yet it's kind of like, no, can't really be bothered. This is the menu from William and Catherine's wedding. And there's all sorts of Hebridean langoustine, uh, high-growth spring vegetables, Berkshire honey. You know, it's like you'd be there, wouldn't you? You'd go. And Jesus is saying, actually, you know what? Um, I invite people to a banquet. And actually, uh, lots of people aren't interested. And in fact, the point of this story in Mark's gospel, uh, sorry, Matthew's gospel, is that um, actually, he's telling this story about Israel. You know how Jesus' stories uh, always have a bit of an edge. There's always uh, a depth. There's always uh, meaning behind them. Actually, what he's saying is, you know, You know, the nation of Israel, you've been waiting for me. You've been prophesying about the coming Messiah. Uh, You've been saying when the Messiah comes, he's going to invite you to a banquet. Uh, I am the king. I'm here. Uh, Well, God has put on this wedding banquet uh, for me, his son. And actually, uh, you're not interested, Israel. You've rejected me. In fact, you're going to go on and crucify me. And you're not interested, You've refused to come. And if you think about that in light of the history of the people of God, it's inconceivable. What on earth are you doing? And actually, the story is even more pointed because he's not just saying you didn't come to this banquet. He's saying you're rejecting me. I am the meal. I'm the feast. I'm the bread of life. You feed on me. There's that bit in the uh, communion, Anglican communion liturgy, um, I've forgotten it. <laughs> it's, it goes something like, uh, I've forgotten it. No, it's gone. It might come back. But it goes something like, with faith, feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving is what I'm after. And so Jesus is saying, you're not interested. It's, it's me you're not interested in. And so there's a, there's a sort of awkwardness to this story. On one level, oh, that's nice. It's all about a sort of wedding banquet. But actually, it's very, very um, incisive, this story that Jesus tells. And what I love about this story is that, you know, the king invites other people. Sorry, the, uh, the, 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 the king in the story doesn't give up but invites them again. He invites them again, verses four to six. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted calf have been butchered. It's gonna be delicious. Everything's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But, verse five, they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest actually seized his servants mistreated and killed them. This is a reference to the prophets being mistreated by uh, Uh, the people of God. They've been saying, look, God is coming. God is here. And many of them are just mistreated. 
And so Jesus, this is quite a sort of incisive story he's telling uh, about his reception uh, by the nation of Israel. And one thing is that's also here in this story is that when we turn away from the person who is the banquet, that has disastrous consequences for us. Uh, We can often forget in the church how extraordinary God is uh, and how uh, intense the gospel is in terms of what we miss when we don't come into relationship with Jesus. If you've been a Christian maybe longer than two years, you've probably lost the wonder of it and just the reality of uh, uh, the, the, the wonder of walking with Jesus. It just becomes like, you know, anything. You know, it's just life. I go to church, I do this, I do that, I do that. I do, hang on a second. You're actually in a place of wonder and beauty and or You're being nourished by God himself. And actually, when we turn away from God, uh, that has really big consequences for us. And it certainly did for... Uh, the people of Israel. And there's a prophetic sense here in which Jesus is speaking. Verse 7, the king was enraged. He sent his army, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. And many theologians actually think this is a reference to the events of AD 66 to 70. In the aftermath of a Jewish rebellion, uh, the Roman rulers actually came into Palestine and they captured and destroyed Jerusalem. Jesus is saying, guys, I wish you would actually just accept my invitation. I wish, wish you'd come to me and be nourished because uh, the consequences of not coming to me are going to be fatal for you. And it always is. It leads, it leads ultimately uh, to death. That's a bit heavy, isn't it? But actually, um, it's just worth uh, reminding ourselves of the intensity of what it is we're caught up with and the wonder of what we're caught up with. So, the third thing I want to take from this story of Jesus is Jesus sort of keeps trying to invite the Israelites. They're not really interested. So, he actually, what does he do? He, he turns to other people, and he goes to the Gentiles, and the sinners, and the poor, and the marginalized. And this is the point of this story. So, in verse 8 to 9, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So, go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Let's just open this up. Holy nation of Israel, you know, it's over. I've tried to come to you. You're not listening. I'm going to widen this up. I know that's scandalous to you that God should even think about talking to a Gentile. Actually, I'm just opening up this invitation to absolutely everyone. So, verse 9, go to the street corners, invite to the banquet anyone you find. So, the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. And um, Matthew's version of this story is actually uh, um, a description of the... Jewish-Israel nation's response to Jesus and their rejection of him, so him going to the Gentiles. The version in Luke, which is very similar, is actually about the poor people or or the rich people in Palestine rejecting Jesus and him going to the more marginalized. So in Luke Luke 14, 21 to 24, you see a slightly different alternative um, invitation. Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. 
Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And I think uh, in this season, we got a glimpse of uh, actually uh, how we can connect with the more disadvantaged people in the town and uh, actually uh, uh, how we can reach people on the margins. And I really, really want to say uh, that actually we're going to be doing more of this uh, into the future. We're going to actually be going out onto the streets, onto the highways, on the byways, and just uh, inviting uh, and trying to build relationship with some of the more marginalized uh, in the town. Please hear me. Uh, Jesus doesn't favor uh, poor people over rich people. He loves all people. But actually, um, he, in his own experience, he, he found that the marginalized responded more. They're, they, they had everything to gain and very little to lose. The, the wealthy in Palestine at the time had... Um, uh, everything to gain, but also a lot to lose. And they responded less. But I want to uh, be pushing in. I want to encourage us all. I know many of you caught a vision uh, last uh, weekend to actually try and connect more with the poor and marginalized uh, in the town. And I hope you feel that excited. Imagine if this space, not just the church, but the whole parish center, could actually uh, be a sort of central community space hub for all sorts of people in the town, that we could really open up this place uh, and uh, actually uh, maybe have a cafe, maybe welcome all sorts of people and for people in the town to actually uh, know about the church and have relationships with people in the church and seek to um, experience the banquet of God. You know, uh, we've got to really try and connect more and more uh, with people in the town. And I think it's, uh, last uh, weekend was a bit of a, uh, a start to that. And, uh, you know, another team took cookies around the town. And um, the te- a lot of the teenagers baked cookies. And they dropped various um, bags of cookies with a this, with this little note that just said, uh, we really appreciate and value all you do. Uh, from St. Saviour's, something like that. And uh, they went into Waitrose, they've been into all the local shops. It's interesting what an impact that's had uh, in the community. Janie actually went into uh, Waitrose wearing her dog collar and a number of the staff came around and said, oh, you're from that church, aren't you? You gave us all that stuff. We really appreciate that. Thank you. And apparently, you know, we checked, Judy had checked with them how much stuff they needed, and Harry and Millie took it in, and the woman said, wow, Jesus, I've never seen so many cookies. Uh, when they, I said, yeah, I mean, it's a kind of start, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a lot we can do, and I hope you, hope you find that exciting. And uh, the reality of it is, lots of people don't really know anything about what we're about and what we do, uh, and have no idea uh, of just, just what an uh, amazing community we are here. They've just got no idea. And so we need to connect relationally in authentic ways, listen to people, how can we help, how, what can you bring to the, to the party, so to speak. So I'm going to end now, and I want to end with a few suggestions for you know, next steps, where you can go from here. I think the first thing I'd encourage you to do is to really praise God for uh, who he is and what he's doing amongst us 
Uh, there's so many amazing things happening at St. Saviour's. And, uh, you know, it's an incredible church we're part of. And sometimes I think you can sort of forget that if you're in the church. Uh, actually, it's an amazing church we're part of here. And I chose on this Vision Sunday to talk about Love Guildford. That was the most recent thing. I could have spent the whole time talking about Trekkers, our special needs ministry, and just how amazing that is. Uh, I haven't because we're hot off Love Guildford. I could spend the whole time tonight talking about the extraordinary things that's happening in the young adults and students ministry at the moment. But, you know, I'm not going to. I've been talking about uh, Love Guildford. Uh, We could talk more about Ignite and uh, what's been going on there. We could spend a long time talking about that, celebrating that. But I haven't. Uh, Or Cameo, the amazing stuff that's happening in Cameo. But actually, you know... Uh, I've focused on Love Guildford tonight, but there's a whole lot of other cool stuff happening um, around the church that is really, really worth celebrating. So can we be praising God for that uh, and celebrating? Secondly, can you pray? I think, you know, prayer is where it starts and finishes. Uh, Prayer is so powerful. You know, Jesus uh, prayed, and he gave that high priority, and uh, he's changed the world. Prayer is so effective and powerful. And we've got a great group of intercessors here. Uh, all sorts of people pray. We've got people who come in on a Monday. We've got a prayer chain. Uh, we, the life groups pray. All sorts of people pray. But can we be praying for the church at this time? We're actually uh, in the middle of a, a bit of a mission review where we're reviewing everything we do at the moment uh, following the departure of Andy Wheeler uh, last September. Um, we thought, let's just take a step back and just look at everything. All our activities we do in the center here, everything we do locally, everything we do overseas. Uh, let's come at it with a fresh pair of eyes and try and uh, prayerfully discern where God wants to lead us uh, into this next chapter. We're, we're doing that with the PCC, the leadership team, you'll be involved in that. And um, actually, could you pray for that? Because uh, that's going to be a significant um, review. There'll be significant things that come off that. Thirdly, can you build the big family? Look, at, look, look around the room, okay? Look around the room. What you're looking at is not sort of uh, other St. Saviour's church members <laughs> or um, other Christians in the town. You're, you're actually looking at your brothers and sisters. It's a bit freaky, but it's true. I'm your brother. I'm sorry about that. Blame God. Um, but actually, uh, it's true. And, uh, you know... Uh, One thing that's so encouraging, you know, someone came back who used to work here, uh, Michelle Cowie, if you remember Michelle. uh, She was back over Christmas. She said, oh, gosh, the the church uh, community just feels so much warmer. There's such a a, a more welcoming feel here. And that's because you guys have been looking out for one another. You've been relating to uh, one another. But we need to keep building that. And if you're new to the church, you know, one of the best things you can do is actually help... um, volunteer in some way at the church. We don't think that's what the whole Christian life is about, by the way. We're, we know there's a whole other work, there's a family, there's all sorts of other stuff. But you know, one guy who's been in the church, I think for three or four months, called Darby. Is Darby here tonight? Is Darby here? I don't know, he's not here. Uh, he's new to the church, and he said, hey, I'll, I'll do all the design stuff for Love Guildford. Leave it with me. And he's, he's done that, and as a result of that, he's got to know lots of people at the church. 
and uh, he's supporting the family. And I think one of the strengths of St. Saviour's is there's lots of people who just put their hand up and say, uh, I will do that. About 180 people help with Love Guildford. We've got a church of maybe five, maybe 600. Imagine what could happen if we all just jumped in and, um, you know, really took this seriously and really, really pioneered um, the church. And this is my next thing. What would imagine what could happen if we really, really just said, okay, I'm going to take this vision forward because um, really got stuck in. Uh, imagine uh, all the stuff we could do, uh, all the stuff we could be if we, if we galvanized together more and more and really, really went for it. It could be uh, extraordinary. And so do work out uh, what you can do, what you've got capacity for. Do work out what your heartbeat is. You know, fascinating to me, we had all sorts of opportunities uh, uh, to do various things. What was, what was fun with Love Guildford is, is everyone, the whole community said, oh, I want to do this, I want to do the homeless thing. Anyone want to do the homeless thing? I want to do the community cafe. Anyone want to do the communi- community cafe? And there was opportunity to get stuck in all sorts of things. And finally, I want to encourage you to keep being generous. And, uh, you know, you're so generous with your time. You're very, very committed. Um, and you just saw that and love Guildford. It was absolutely ridiculous. Just that was an amazing team effort. But also, can I encourage you to be generous with your money? And uh, I have no embarrassment to talk about money, ask you to give to the church, because actually uh, we need money to help us fund what we're trying to do. And next Sunday is a gift Sunday. So could I encourage you to pick up some gift day information for next week. Have a read, have a think. Most importantly of all, have a pray and ask God this question. God, it's my church's gift day next Sunday. Um, Could you guide me on how much to give? And I can guarantee you God will speak and uh, then just give that amount to the church next week because, um, you know, uh, next Sunday is gift Sunday. And um, there's so much uh, we could do uh, if we have more money and so much ministry we could do because actually it costs, you know, Love Guildford costs money and uh, we all paid for that between us um, and I'm sure none of us resent that. But actually, um, you know, next Sunday's Gift Sunday, so do please take that seriously. So I hope you feel excited. I hope uh, you, you have a sense of, you know, actually new things coming, of uh, more connections being made, us actually in more practical ways, in, in more practical um, ways, you know, uh, taking the mission of the church forward. And um, I think these are exciting times. And can I just end by saying, you know, it's up to you guys to take the church forward. And I do what I can do. But to be honest, there's not a great deal I can do. I can do the Mike Norris heartbeat thing. But actually, all of us uh, uh, can really color the canvas in, if you like. You can, we can all paint the picture by just expressing who we are and just going for it. So can I encourage you to do that? And uh, who knows what God will do in this place, in this next season. Love you. Love your work. God bless.